Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Thank you very much for downloading and listening to this. Remember, log on to www.kungfumovieguide.com to read the latest martial arts, movie reviews and interviews and also get hold of this podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. That way you will never miss an episode and you can keep in touch with us via Twitter at KF Movie Guide. We're on Facebook as well and you can email hello at kungfumovieguide.com Thank you for downloading Thank you for listening to this This is episode 9 of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast Here we go Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight then I'll oblige Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world. This is episode 9 of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. So great that you could join us, the Fu followers around the world. Hey, listen, I realise that I've been presenting this podcast and not actually introducing my my name. This is something that um, I've noticed. We're on episode 9 and I very rarely introduce myself. So my name is Ben Johnson. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast. This is my podcast. Uh, and I am the creator, the writer, the editor, the main contributor to KungFuMovieGuide.com. Thank you very much for getting in touch and for your feedback with regards to both the website and this podcast, which sort of started as a bit of an experiment uh, nine episodes ago. My God, when did we launch this? It must have been back in June time. Um, and the response has been very positive. So thank you very much, those people who have been getting in touch with me and uh, leaving feedback either over Twitter or over email. Um, just with regards to the email, just a little bit of housekeeping just up front before we get on to my conversation with um, Jerry Trimble, uh, which is really great, and I, I hope you really enjoy it. A um, little bit of housekeeping. The email system has gone... Uh, down for uh, it's for very boring reasons so we're moving the emails over to a new system and my very uh, lovely web host and webmaster uh, Simon has um, been in charge of that and uh, there's been a little bit of teething trouble so we have been getting quite a few bounce backs if you've been trying to email me uh, through hello at kungfumovieguide.com and you've got a bounce back, then that is the reason why. So I do apologise for that. But hey, listen, by the time you're listening to this, hey, we should have the uh, the situation sorted. So apologies for that. We are aware of it and we're cracking on uh, in trying to fix that uh, thing. Uh, I hope you've had a good, uh, happy Halloween. Do, we, do, do you say that? Happy Halloween, I guess so. Um, I hope you've had a, a, a great, fun evening, whatever you've been 
whatever you've been up to today, um, whether you're off there trick or treating, or maybe you're, uh, you know, one of these people who just pretends that they're not in the house so that people will just uh, go away and leave you alone. You don't have to give them any sweets or any money. Hey, whatever your vibe, that's totally fine. Uh, it got me thinking, actually. We, I've thrown a, a kung fu Halloween party over the weekend. Um, this is a sort of yearly party thing that I put on and uh, show my uh, get some buddies around the house and then we watch a load of kung fu movies. Uh, but this one's fallen over the Halloween weekend, so it sort of got me thinking about really good kung fu movies that are, are great to watch over Halloween. There's a lot of uh, scary kung fu movies out there and a, a real classic uh, spate of Hong Kong movies, especially that uh, specialise in the supernatural and the occult. And uh, there's some really wonderful wonderful film so i've plucked with uh the nine demons the chang che movie uh which recently got a, a reissue on the terracotta label the terracotta dvd label here in the uk um i've interviewed richard geddes from terracotta if you want to uh if you haven't listened to that one that's very interesting uh the nine demons is is an interesting old uh chang che movie that's uh, rather spooky it's a kung fu version of the faust story about a guy who does a deal with the devil uh and uh Yes, uh, there's some very interesting special effects in that film, but uh, some really great kung fu action as well. So, The Nine Demons, lesser-known Chang Che supernatural movie, obviously the one that you pro- most people probably think of uh, is the stuff he did at Shaw Brothers, probably uh, The Five Venoms being the ultimate Halloween classic there. Uh, and you can't go wrong with The Five Venoms, so that's a great movie to watch over Halloween. Also, Mr. Vampire, Uh, which is just great fun and an absolute classic um, supernatural Hong Kong comedy movie. Uh, and that's obviously produced by Sammo Hung, but that gave Lam Ching Ying his, his, uh, his sort of starting point in uh, playing the Taoist priest, uh, fighting off the hopping vampires, and uh, he did that so elegantly and so well in so many of those great Hong Kong supernatural comedies that followed on from Mr. Vampire. So uh, at any opportunity to you can get around to watching Mr. Vampire, then uh, I'd certainly recommend doing that. Uh, the final film that I showed on the um, uh, Halloween Kung Fu party was of course the bride with white hair i'm a ma- i'm a huge bridget lynn fan but uh, but the bride with white hair especially i think is a absolute standout wuxia classic and a really great hong kong uh, movie from the early 90s if you haven't seen the bride with white hair it's uh directed by ronnie Yu. it's visually so stunning uh, and it's a real great um supernatural uh, movie and one that really suits the the Halloween season. There's so many more movies that I could have shown. Obviously, the first one that springs to mind probably is Sammo Hung's classic Encounters of the Spooky Kind. Uh, that's a that's a real fun film. So there you go. That's just a, a bundle of titles there that I was just thinking about. There's probably loads more that I've missed. And if that's the case, and there's some titles there that you're thinking that I've uh, overlooked, and uh, I'm an absolute moron for 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 not mentioning them, then definitely let me know. Uh, remember. Remember, the Twitter is at KF Movie Guide, and when the emails are up and running, hello at kungfumovieguide.com. Just speaking of emails, um, I got a, I got an interesting email from uh, a listener, Jeff Bolts. Thank you very much for your email, sir. 
and uh, for suggesting uh, people to interview. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, it'd be really great to, you know, have... um, uh, you know, hear from certain individuals or certain people that um, uh, from the martial arts movie uh, industry, whether they be actors or directors or writers, choreographers, stunt guys, whoever, or even fellow bloggers, critics, people who run podcasts. There's some great kung fu movie podcasts out there. I would try my best to get hold of people for future seasons of this show. Uh, Jeff Boltz wants RZA uh, on the show. Thank you, Jeff, for the suggestion. I would, of course, love to interview RZA. Uh, but uh, we'll put some feelers out there there you go that's the first one maybe Rizza's downloading this and he's listening and thinking yeah Kung Fu Movie Guy podcast that sounds like a lot of fun I'll just get in touch with Ben and uh, see if we can book in some time I would love that to be the case Uh, Jeff did suggest that um uh, to open up a sort of any question section of the podcast. So I don't know if if you've got uh, maybe some questions just regarding Kung Fu movies or uh, maybe there's something that you're involved in or some events that you're putting on or maybe, you know, you're doing some screenings of some movies or maybe you're even a budding young filmmaker and you want to get the, the message out there to the Foo followers, I'd be more than happy to help. Uh, as always, just drop me a line and get in touch with me. So Jerry Trimble, Jerry Golden Boy Trimble, uh, as he was known in the ring. Uh, Jerry, of course, is a four-time consecutive world kickboxing champion, uh, famous for his fast, rapid-fire kicks. Uh, And he went from being a world kickboxing champion to being incredibly successful in Hollywood. Uh, And he seemed to just pick up movie roles instantly as soon as he got there. Uh, His first movie, of course, he uh, fought alongside Jet Li and The Master. And one of my personal favourites, he played the baddie in Breathing Fire as well, which is a slightly uh, underrated uh, B-movie starring Bolo Young as well. Uh, Jerry then worked with Roger Corman for a number of years and he churned out quite a few leading role performances with Roger Corman. Uh, ending up in the Philippines and doing quite a few action movies there. And then he trained and he trained and he kept going with the acting and he kept learning and developing his skills uh, until he landed a key supporting role in 1995 in the Al Pacino and Robert De Niro movie Heat. Uh, He's got a key supporting role there as a detective alongside Al Pacino. Uh, And we have a a, a great look back over over that time and working with Al Pacino and just what it's like working on a a movie set like that, and particularly a a movie which is so well regarded. I mean, Heat is just one of of the best crime movies out there. Jerry is uh, an engaging and uh, great person to talk to. Uh, Not only do we get into his backgrounds and his training, and his love of the martial arts but also his Trimble talks Um, Jerry does a lot of work as a youth motivational speaker Jerry goes into schools and he talks to a lot of kids and he tells them his sort of personal story from growing up in Kentucky and making it as a a martial artist and overcoming quite low self-esteem and low self-confidence and and really he pinpoints a lot of it down to uh, this chance uh, visit to a local cinema when he was 12 years old stumbling in and seeing Bruce Lee on the screen um, that was the real lightning bolt eureka moment for, for Jerry watching Bruce Lee on screen and it influenced uh, him greatly and in, in, in the paths uh, that he took and a lot of the decisions that he made 
So I hope you enjoy this chat with Jerry Trimble. I can't remember if there's any swearing on this, quite quite frankly. Uh, I don't think there is, but there may be. And if there is, then I do apologise uh, if that uh, bothers you in any any way. Jerry still works in movies, and he's worked with a lot with Vic Armstrong in a lot of big Hollywood movies in the stunt world. He's worked alongside Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Three, and War of the Worlds. He also worked on the Charlie's Angels uh, film, and he's still out there working hard and training all the time. Jerry Trimble, I love talking to Jerry, uh, and I hope you enjoy listening to it too. So, without further ado, I'm going to go over now to my conversation with Jerry Trimble. You live in Vancouver then, do you, Jerry? Uh, well, we actually, my wife and I bounce back and forth. We've been up here for about six years now. We've uh, sure. got our permanent residence card. So right now we're in Vancouver. I yeah. was just in LA a couple of weeks ago. But uh, yeah, we're here probably most of the time just cool. uh, because th- there's more work up here right now for me. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> got to yeah. go where the work is. <laughs> yeah. And is that so? And that's mostly, and that's still looking at the, the acting work as well. Because I know you do quite a few different things, don't you, at the moment, Jerry? Yeah. I've, I've done stunts and acting. There's more acting work up here for me now. And, and the funny thing was, I've never done any TV until I got up here. And now I've been doing quite a bit of TV. Cool. So I've been, I've been averaging about maybe, I don't know, three, two to three films up here a year. So awesome. it's uh, yeah, a lot of work up here. The dollar, the, the Canadian dollar is extremely low. That's why everyone's coming up here to do films. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. How were the auditions in, in Los Angeles? Do you go back there quite a bit to, to do auditions then? Or uh, just, just hasn't worked? Yeah, yeah I, I did a few back when I was back there. Uh, it, they went great. You know, you never know. But yeah. the problem is, is, is when I go back there and I talk to people, they're like, so are you here now or are you in Vancouver? Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Hey, I'll be here. It's a hop, skip and a jump. It's a two, two and a half hour flight and I'll fly sure. back. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, is it easy it's, to get back into the 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 routine of that when you when you're out there? Because I know you you lived over there for a, for a long time, didn't you, Jerry? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah I've been in L.A. for about twenty five. Oh shoot, no, maybe I don't know, twenty five, thirty years, twenty five, yeah. twenty seven years. Yeah. Wow. But uh, Vancouver's a wonderful. Have you ever been to Vancouver? I've not been. I would really oh, love my, to go. Oh, it's it's the best place I've ever lived, and I've lived. All over the states and Vancouver's yeah. the best. Yeah, wow. it's nice. What do you like? What do you like about it? The energy, the yeah. people, the whole vibe, uh, the cl- cleanliness. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. We went to when we first got out here. We went to a party, and people were like, "You know, I keep hearing you just telling everybody you love it. What do you love about <laughs> it so much?" And I went, "Well, you obviously don't like it. I like it because of the people. The people yeah. are nice. Yeah, the yeah. people are great." Sure. Yeah, it's just it's just a good vibe. It's quite yeah, different it's, from Los Angeles, I'd imagine, and in Hollywood, and uh, yeah, <laughs> you know the yeah, hustle and bustle there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I move a lot slower here, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so, uh, just I, also, do you do so? Do you do a lot of? I know you do a lot of public speaking. You do a lot of youth yep. motivational talks and and that kind yeah. of thing now as well. Do you do that quite a bit in obviously in Vancouver and uh, around the the place there as well? Is that is that right? 
Yeah, I've been I've been doing youth speaking forever, and, and yeah. since I was about fifteen. And then my father-in-law, um, you know, Mickey Dolan's told me, he goes, you know what? He goes, he researched it. He goes, you know what? You need to really look at this and, and take this seriously. He goes, I know you've been volunteering, but look at it as a business. And he says, I think you'll you'll be able to broaden your your landscape so much more. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been great. I've been you know talking to kids up here and then down there. And now I got a couple of gigs lined up in Trinidad. Uh, which is nice. So, wow. you know, th- th- that's my purpose in life. My purpose in life is to empower kids. Yeah. The acting, the writing, the producing, that's that's icing on the cake. That's fun stuff. Yeah. You know, so, so it's just it, it's another way to bring in money and bring in extra income. And, and yeah. the more that I get known in the movies, the more kids are going to see me and the more kids are able to see me, the more yeah. credibility that I'll have with them. So yeah. are you, so what is it that you sort of talk to them about then? It's, it's motivational, it's confidence building, it's yeah. uh, that kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was bullied as a kid. I was bullied, humiliated as a kid at 12 years old. Um, you know, it, it was a rough life and yeah. um, I overcame the bullying through being inspired by Bruce Lee. And yeah. then the message that I give these kids is if a shy, insecure, bullied kid like me can do it, anyone can. And, yeah. and the message is, Believe in yourself, never give up on believing in yourself, and then you'll live your dreams, which is basically what I did. And it's a blueprint for what I did and how I did it. And I go in and I, you know, I start off with showing the kids my demo reel of all the stuff that I did yeah. with a little story entwined in there. And then I say, listen, I'm going to show you how I did it, and hopefully you guys will get something out of it and you'll be able to go after your dreams. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, I mean, is it harder for kids now? Do you think with, um, I don't know, the, it's all the influx of media and the pressure that's on yes. kids back compared to, I guess, yeah. you know, back when you were a kid growing up. I mean, I know bullying is still, yeah. it, it doesn't go away, does it? But it's, you know, it moves online and I guess kids are faced, faced with a lot of different challenges nowadays, aren't they? Yeah, you know the media. The media is <laughs> the media is messed up. I mean, look at what's going on with the the uh, uh, political yeah. crap in, in, in the states. The media is just blowing it out, and they basically built up Donald Trump, which is crazy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's um, it, 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 you know, bullying you know is a bad thing, and you know, I I I go after it with the kids in a whole different way. I, you know, I don't really emphasize, we don't talk about bullying so much. I talk about my bullying thing yeah. uh, and, and the way I was bullied and how I overcame it and how I overcame it was learning how to believe in myself. And that gave me the confidence. And if everyone has the confidence in themselves and they can learn how to develop the confidence in themselves, then everything changes. And when yeah. they get that shift change and that's what it is, it's trying to get them to get that shift change Yeah, and, and finding their purpose. And when they, you know, kids have something else to focus on, which is themselves and they really work on themselves. Yeah. It's so much easier to, 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 you know, to not be insecure when you believe in yourself, when you yeah. really, really, truly believe in yourself. And it's just encouraging kids as well to say, look, if you've, if you've got a talent or some creative bone or yes. whatever it is that, it, that you're passionate about, it's to just really, really go for it, really. That's it. That's it, yeah. man. Everybody's good at something. You just got to fight. You got to tap into that. What you're good at. Yeah. You know, and, and I say never underestimate the power of planting a seed. Yeah. You plant a seed in a kid, even if he's a bully in them. When these, even when I talk to the bullies, it's, you know, you, you talk to the bullies just like you're talking to the kids that are bullied. And, and if everyone were to believe and were to, were, were to truly believe that they have something great inside them, 
it's it's it changes something yeah. in these kids. Yeah, yeah, it really does because yeah. everybody's got everybody's destined for greatness, and I believe everybody has something within themselves that they could be extremely great at. Yeah, and then and then and then in, in the whole interim and the in the ending of, of of the talk and the presentation is is now you got to take that and you got to do something with it, and then you got to contribute to the world you have to get back you have to yeah. empower people you know you know everyone has that right and you know it's it's crazy because I, I constantly ask people what would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail yeah. and they look at me like what that's a, <laughs> that's a good question man yeah every and and that's and once you find that and once you tap into that and you start thinking and you start growing and <clears throat> it starts changing things yeah. and that's that's the whole message yeah so let's let's talk about your sort of upbringing. You're from Kentucky, aren't you? Originally, Newport, yeah, Newport, Newport Kentucky. Kentucky. Right, uh, it's Midwest America, Midwest right America. next to yeah, right next to Cincinnati, Ohio, surrounded sure. by Ohio, Indiana, Tennessee. It's uh, it was you know, I mean, when I was growing up, it was a s- very small town. Yeah. Uh, racism was really quite bad. Sure. And um, uh, yeah, there was a it was a it was a crazy time. And I mean, this idea of sort of gaining confidence, would you say that you, you weren't particularly confident then as a, as a kid growing up at, at school? Not at all. No, no, I was I was humiliated, beat up. I was I, I would break out in acne, cold sores. I was called canker lips, pizza face, string bean, right. monster. I mean, I was called every kids are cruel. Like, oh, man, the kids yeah. were, they were bad. Yeah. <laughs> But oh, yeah, dear. I was. Yeah, it, it was. It was constant. Yeah, it was pretty constant. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, no confidence. And I, I, at the time, I, you know, my dad and I really never got along. So it, it, that was kind of tough. Everything's changed now, thank God. But yeah, you know, it, it, I didn't have any role models as a kid. It was crazy. I've read a bit of, on your backgrounds, and you say that that first sort of big influence was when uh, you first saw that uh, Bruce Lee movie, The Chinese Connection. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, and and, and it, the funny thing was, it was. There, at 12 years old, when I was, you know, I I had quit every sport I ever joined. I, I baseball or basketball, track, swimming, football, and um, and I packed up my gym bag full of clothes. And at 12 years old, I ran away. And then um, through running away, on my way to running away, I stopped at the local movie theater, and I had like nine bucks to my name. And I went in, I snuck in at an R-rated movie, uh, <laughs> Chinese Connection. It was Chinese Connection or Planet of the Apes, and you know, and I was like, I saw this guy jumping in the air and had no idea who Bruce Lee was. Sure. And I snuck in, and boom! When Bruce Lee jumped onto the screen, yeah, something something sparked in me that I never felt before, and it felt good. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were and you were running away because I was going to say twelve is quite young to be watching a Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> yeah. In the cinema. Yeah. So so you were running away at that point. That was you know that was they were tough times then around that time. Yeah, it, it was. It, I, it, I was at a breaking point because yeah. I was. I, I quit every sport I tried, and then, you know, I. I just. I said that's it. And and back in the day, back in those days, you know, it, it, kids ran away. We ran away. It was yeah. like our. That was the first time, and most of the kids talked about it. And then they ran away for a couple of days, and it's like I thought you ran away. He goes, No, <laughs> yeah, man, I got hungry. I had yeah. No food. And these, you know, and and some of the kids were older, but I was like. It, it was it was uh, it was a, it was a trying times. So, yeah, I, yeah. But I, I said that's it. I, I was at a breaking point. I couldn't take the bullying anymore. The name calling, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, they say uh, what? There's 180,000 kids a day that 
uh, skips out of school for fear of being bullied. And I was one of the kids and I just decided I didn't want to go to school anymore. I didn't, I didn't want to be around it. Mm. So, uh, yeah. And, yeah. um, it, and you it, landed in uh, in the cinema with uh, Bruce Lee, and that's uh, <laughs> I guess that's yeah, where the, well, the, the whole right. thing sort of kicks off from there, really, doesn't it? Yeah, um, well, I, I, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, what was it about that movie and Bruce Lee in particular? I mean, it's 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 an interesting one because I think a lot of people have that or uh, you know get that first initial uh, impression of sort of martial arts cinema through Bruce Lee, and then um, the the rest sort of follows from there. But even today, you know, there's something still quite powerful about his screen presence i'm just wondering when you're 12 years old can you picture yourself sort of sat watching bruce lee for the first time I mean, what what are the sort of emotions that are, that are running running through you it, it it was it was um it was an empowering spark in me that it was it, it was a feeling of i wanted to be him i wanted to be like him i wanted yeah. to have the confidence it was the confidence it was the charisma it was the way he acted it was the way he fought it was the way he moved it was the way he did everything that he did i mean bruce lee in my opinion to date was the most charismatic person that ever lived yeah and i want i wanted i wanted to be bruce lee yeah you know and i, re I remember i remember at 12 listening to uh, this guy he was a, he was a motivational speaker I was listening to the radio. It was he, his name was Earl Nightingale, and I remember him saying, "You become what you think about. Mm. You become what you think about." And that stuck with me. And I remember thinking I wanted to become Bruce Lee. Yeah. And then after the after the theater, I'm like, I was so charged up. I go home and I run to my dad. And I'm like, Dad, Dad, I, I saw this guy, uh, this guy doing karate, and he was amazing. His name was Bruce Lee. Hey, Dad, can I join karate? My dad looks at me. He goes, "Get out of here." Because you quit at everything you start, yeah. and he laughed, and I was like, I was devastated. I was, it was, I was shot down. But I thought, I remember what the guy, Earl Nightingale said. He says, "You think what you think you become." And I went, I wanted to become Bruce Lee, so I went, ran to the bookstore. I bought every martial arts magazine with the rest of the money that I had, and I and I went home and and in my in the attic in my room, and I spread these magazines all over the floor, and I started practicing. And in practicing, and it was every day. My mom's yeah. like, "What are you doing up there?" And it was like jumping and flying and kicking, and it was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing the impact that he had, and for just you know a short number of films as well. And yeah. for this, um, and the impact, particularly in America, and that's in small town, you know, in in, in Kentucky, and that this 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 guy from the other side of the world has, you know, such a, a huge impact on people, and is still Im impacting on people today, isn't it? Really. Yeah, Bruce Lee. I mean, it, it's amazing on Facebook and yeah. uh, social media. He's he's it, it's like he it's like he never left. Yeah, and I I think it's it's fantastic because his message rings true with everyone at every age. And it's funny because when I when I was talking to the kids, my father he goes, "Son, do, you, do, do he says when you talk about Bruce Lee, do, do you ask these kids do they know who Bruce Lee is?" And I'm like, uh, "Dad, they know who Bruce Lee is." And I said, "But you know what? You got a good point." I said, "So I go in and I had a talk with um, uh, these kids at elementary school when I was in Kentucky last year, and I said, "You guys know who Bruce Lee is?" And it was elementary school kids, right? They're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." They all know wow. who he was. Wow. It was great. It was That's great. incredible. Yeah. So you it do you great. bring Bruce Lee into the you know the Trimble talks and, uh, yes, and that kind yes. of thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I awesome. mean, he was my inspiration, and, and the and the key thing that I try when I talk to these kids, it's it's you know I, I I try to get get them to understand. It's like 
I'm not telling you to go out and learn martial arts. I'm not telling you to go out and study Kung Fu or MMA or fight. What I'm telling you is to find that spark. And Bruce Lee was that spark for me. Mm. And, 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 you know, and, and to this day, and it happens a lot with adults lately is they're like, well, I don't know what I want to do. And I went, I said, listen, build it and they will come. The movie yeah. uh, Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah. If you put the energy out, it'll come. And I started putting the energy out when I heard Earl Nightingale, 12 years old. And I'm thinking, what, what do I want to do? I got to find something. And I tried, like I said, I tried all the sports. They didn't work. I quit. I got bullied. I quit every sport. And then I think that energy was put out there so much that I just happened to come across this theater and boom, went in and it, it found me. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it, for anyone that's trying to find something that they want to do, if they're going through life doing something that they hate, they dislike and they're not happy and they don't have the freedom, then they need to just put forth the effort and the thought and put that out into the into the universe and yeah. the energy out. And that's yeah. what these kids need to do. Were there were there local schools around? Uh, you know, was there the Taekwondo yeah. school up the road that you could just you know join and uh, and, and that is that is that how that happened? Uh, no, there 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 wasn't any schools around the area. But yeah. the funny thing was, it was like I I, I I like to kind of think that I I summoned this school to open up mm. because it, I went for about two months of working out in my or working out. I mean, doing what I you know I mean for magazines. Yeah, there was there about about a month and a half, two months later, right shy. It was like a month shy of my thirteenth birthday. Uh, there was a Taekwondo school that opened up in the shopping center, which was two and a half miles away from our house. Right. And my uncle just, my uncle came, who was a Kung Fu practitioner, he came to the house and he goes, you've been, you guys have been talking, Jerry's been doing some crazy stuff with martial arts in these magazines. He goes, there's a Taekwondo school. Let me take him in and enroll him. And um, yeah, I enrolled and um, wow, it was yeah. love it. For, it was love at first sight. And I, and I trained six days a week. I walked, Every day to the school, two and a half miles, and my dad would pick me up, uh, and I'd spend the whole day at the karate school, just practicing, wow. just practicing. Yeah. What was your dad's reaction to that? Obviously, because he was saying that you weren't going to last doing it. I mean, did he <laughs> did he suddenly did he change his tune, or what? What was his reaction? Uh, he changed his tune after I went to my first tournament and I won a trophy. Yeah, he said, "Well, he said, well, son, you're you're getting pretty good at this stuff." <laughs> and uh, and then you know, and then there there were times where once I got really good at it and i started teaching you know he 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 started to, he tried to encourage me he says ah, this karate stuff you're not going to make a lot of money on it you know just get a real job and, and get your benefits and i said no dad this is what i love to do yeah i said wherever, wherever it's going to take me and then and then me and my buddies when i when when i became a red belt uh i was fifth 14 yeah uh we started uh taking video cameras down at the uh, uh, down at the in the woods where we lived, and we'd start choreographing fight scenes sure. and action scenes. Yeah. And then I went, "Well, this is fun." And then we started putting them together like little karate movies. It's sure. Great. Then sure. I think another seed was planted, yeah. not knowing you know, that I was going to be in the film business. It was yeah. crazy. <laughs> so, so you just had total dedication at this stage, and it was into the learning taekwondo, and then later into kickboxing, and then where did the competitions and wanting to get involved in that side of things start? Then was that were you always involved in that kind of world? Uh, you know, I I I'd never won a trophy. Uh, I've never been interested in you know just 
with the sports because it was all they were all team competitions. Yeah. Taekwondo. When I got into Taekwondo and and I saw uh, that there were trophies, I I you know kept looking at the trophies. I'm telling my instructor, I said, "Listen, I, I I'd like to go to these tournaments because it was really it was it was you. It was you. Mm. You know, of course, it was the training that you did, but it was you. It was all about you, and you, it was you against another guy, and yeah. and that one on one, you know." Uh, kid on kid, man on man was great, and uh, if if I won, it was all me that won. Yeah. And then and then after I I lost my first three tournaments, and I, you know, talked to my instructor. I'm like, what do I do? You know, he says, well, you got to change your approach. You got to spar, and you got to fight different people because I kept sparring with the same people, the same ranks. Yeah. So th so then I'd sit there and, and I started, you know, as a it, it was a green belt. I won my first tournament, and after that, I started winning every tournament. And then I yeah. became number one of the top fighters in the Midwest, and and I would I would wait for the higher ranks to come in. And I said, "Sir, would you would you like to spar?" I'd ask black belts, red belts, any rank, any sure. size, any anyone. And then the then I I remember seeing a uh, kickboxing match on NBC, and I went, "I want to do that." So yeah. that was the next level. Yeah, <laughs> it hit yeah. a lot harder, but I said, "Yeah, there we go." On TV, even you know, it was kind of cool. Yeah, and you, there must have been a point then where you were like, you know, I can do, I could do this as a, this could be a, a living. You know, I could move into com, uh, competing professionally and everything. I mean, what was the, what was the steps towards that? And I mean, were you, uh, were you nervous about about doing that and uh, and sort of going headlong into it, or or at that stage you were just like, there's nothing else I want to do. This is it. This is it for me. Uh, no, you know, it, it was, you know, I, I had to talk with my instructor, I had to talk with my dad. And I said, listen, I said, this is, you know, I, I want to take this up to the next level. Mm. The tournaments, the trophies, they were great. I love point fighting. Point fighting is incredible. It's a great mastery of control. It's more point fighting is more of self-control because, you know, it's all controlled technique. It's all it's it's a whole different ball game, but yeah. it's great. Yeah. But, you know, trophies, I was like, OK, I had, you know, so many trophies. It was like but then I saw that when I, I didn't know that there was kickboxing on TV and then Joe Corley and the PK, the PKC, they started promoting these fights on national television. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, I could learn how to do this. And then I got into this, uh, boxing camp. My dad said, you know what? You need to learn how to use your hands. You need to learn how to box. Yeah. My, my, my instructor said the same thing. So I started training with the boxer and then I fought my first fight for the Kentucky state title. And I TKO the guy in the fourth round and, 15 stitches above his left eye and black eye busted eardrum yeah. and the funny thing was i started writing i would record all the training that i did and i would record all the damages that i did to the opponents right just so i know what would work and what wouldn't work yeah yeah and, and um and then after i won the kentucky state title uh i i i i knew i needed to move to the place where it was happening which at the time was atlanta georgia yeah yeah, and there were more fights, more fights promoted in Atlanta than there was in Kentucky. Yeah, that's where the Golden Boy started. Yep, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was who came up. Who, was that uh, who came up with the with that? Was that was was that your own nickname, or was that something? Uh, that, uh... No, it, it's funny because when I was fighting in Atlanta, my trainer Asa Gordon, we were trying to come up with a nickname, and it was Treacherous Tremble, Tricky Tremble. Sure, yeah, uh, I had guys call me Thumper, and yeah. And then I, I went to Daytona Beach, Florida one day, one weekend with my buddies. And I came back and I was dark and tanned and blonde. It was it was crazy. And, and um, I come down the stairs in, in the gym and everybody goes, oh, look at the golden boy. Sure. And I, my trainer goes, that's it. 
Your yeah. new name is Jerry Golden Boy Trimble. Asa Gordon came up with it. I went, wow, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And then, and it just and then the gold jewelry and everything came along. After. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a show, isn't it? As well, I mean, that's the thing, and that's where the you know the sort of acting sides come comes into yeah. it really as well, doesn't it? I guess. In, yeah, in, in it's it's all it's it's marketing. It's it's yeah. promotions. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you know go with the show and yeah. Yeah, you got to stand out. Yeah, but I mean, it's not as if you didn't have the the you know the chops as well in the ring, and you were winning consecutive you know world championships as well. So it's you know it's not all posturing, is it? Like you were, you know, you were winning stuff. So uh, yeah, I was doing good. Yeah, Yeah. I I was, I was, I was kicking ass, and yeah, it was. um, I mean, I I won the Kentucky State title, then I won the Georgia State title, Southeast, the U.S., and then. um, it was uh, it was it was hell at first getting a shot at the world title, but we eventually did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. crazy. <laughs> Were you? I mean, when you're in the ring, I mean, what's that? I mean, I don't do any competitive fighting or anything. I mean, I've done a bit of kung fu and stuff in the past, okay. but like, um, I mean, I can't imagine what that, you know, what that must be like, and how you even get psychologically prepared for that as well. Because if you're doing rounds and rounds of you know sparring it's full-on uh physically but mentally as well it, it, it's it's quite quite full-on i mean did you have like a ritual or any way that you prepared for those big matches uh it, it i recorded everything and that's you yeah. know some people they say what do i do as a fighter what i record everything you do i wrote i wrote down everything i did and one thing that i found out is there there is a mental ritual that you go through before the fight uh and during the fight uh, it, you the visualization works so well and i visualized weeks before the fight of me knocking guys out with the jump spinning hook kick and that's why the jump spinning hook kick works so well yeah and it's just it was it was a you know it's it's you know they say you know martial arts is 80 percent mental 20 percent physical yeah it kind of is you know when you get into the ring because you've already done your work physically and now it's just all mental yeah and 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 it's just a lot of visual. I did a lot of visualization. Yeah. I mean, everything I've everything I've accomplished in my life has been. I've I use visualization on everything, and I highly highly recommend it to anyone trying to accomplish anything in life. Is to visualize and run it through your mind over and over and over again. Yeah. It, it's meant. It's it's mental. It's mental physical. It's all preparation. Yeah. And nowadays with with the with the MMA stuff coming up. Boy, you have to be. I mean, yeah. it's 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 much tougher than what I did back in the day. Yeah. Do you think that's interesting? Yeah. Do you think you would have gone into something like that? I mean, if that was because that's where the TV, the big TV deals yeah. are now, is with the UFC and all the mixed martial arts stuff. So, I, would you do you think you would have gone along that route now if you were coming up today and 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 being a competitive fighter? Yes. Yeah. Everyone asked me that. They're like, would you have gotten into it if it was back in the day? And I said, yes. I was, the thing was, I was, I was, I, 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 I was somewhat of an angry kid back in the day. I mm. mean, angry young man. Yeah. I was, I mean, not boast, but I was, when I started fighting in Atlanta, I, I was known all over Atlanta. The nightclubs were a big, that was, <laughs> Going out to the nightclubs all the time when I wasn't in training. Yeah, people would people would pick fights with me. I was I'd fight two or three times a week in nightclubs. I'd get barred from nightclubs. Right, and and so I was basically doing them. I was fighting. Yeah, it was no no holds no holds barred fighting. Yeah, I, yeah. I, back in the day, if it was around, I would have got into it in a heartbeat. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I guess at least 
you know, when you've got that release in the ring, then it can stop you, I guess, start, yeah, hopefully stop you from styling fights in, you know, clubs and that kind of thing and just being more, you know, yeah, just, just, just leaving it for the, for the showtime, really. It was, yeah, those times were, those, those were some rough times. It was battling the inner demons and, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I went through some tough times, yeah. really tough, bad times. Yeah. But um, the martial arts helped me to get out of it. And, you know, I mean, I've had people pull guns on me and there wow. was some crazy stuff, crazy yeah. stuff back in the day. Thank God I'm, I'm alive to tell about it. And that's part of the story that I, you know, talk to the kids about it's, you know, I mean, there were drugs involved. There were, there were some crazy times involved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was nuts, but yeah, the, uh, the martial arts. Whoa. <laughs> Thank yeah. God for them. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Okay, so you're there, you're kicking ass, and you've won like four or five world championships or something, and um, the call of Hollywood <laughs> comes. So I'm just, I'm interested where, was that something that ultimately you, you saw yourself sort of heading towards the, the movies, or was it very much a spontaneous thing, and you were like, well, I'm looking to retire or pack this in at some point, so my, you know, my next, what's, what's my next move going to be? Um, uh, is that how that yeah. came about? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, uh, uh, there's a promoter. He's passed away now. Uh, he was the promoter that was going to take kickboxing to the next level and live events. And, and he, he did a few events and, uh, he, you know, he lost everything to, you know, his demons and he yeah. passed away. But, uh, once that ended, well, he, he signed with five world champions and I was the first of the five world champions that he signed with. And he said, Trimble. He said, come over to my house. I want to talk to you. He goes, he whips out a contract. He goes, listen, he says, I'm going to take you. He says, after I'm going to get you the world title. And after you win the world title, I'm going to take you out of Hollywood. And I'm going to put you in the movies. And yeah. I went, whoa. So that seed was Does planted. That happen? Does that really happen? Those those, those conversations yeah. do do I'm, happen, I'm, then, do they? I'm telling you, man. It, yeah. he, he called me up. I went over to the South. We started drinking, partying. Yeah. And he, start, he, he lays it all out and says, hey, man, we're going to do this. And I said, okay, cool. Sure. So he gets, he gets me the world title shot. I win the world title. I defend the world title. I win two world titles. And I'm on a roll, and then everything stops. I was making a monthly salary. Yeah, everything stops because he, he what happened, and his, you know, his demons got the best of him. Every all, all the money stops. Uh, it was crazy, and we the 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 organizations were, and and we didn't know what was going to happen to them. Yeah, and I was fed, I fed, I was fed up with it, and the gist of 
uh, defending my titles. It was, it was gone. It was, I said, you know what? That's it. I'm done. So I almost, I overdosed on drugs and I was in a state that I almost died. I had passed out for, you know, three days and woke up. I hitchhiked to Florida 23 hours and on the Florida turnpike, it's me at three o'clock in the morning, not a soul in sight. And I don't know if you know anything about alligator alley, the Florida turnpike, right. it was, it's, it's one of the most dangerous places in Florida yeah. at the time. Yeah. And I was praying and had an epiphany to, to get out of Dodge, get out of my environment because yeah. the environment was killing me. I mean, it was like being the world champion. Everybody was giving me everything. They were my friends and it was, it was crazy. And I was going to die. I had to leave or get out of or die. And yeah. I, I sold everything I own. And I remember what Jim Abernathy said. He says, I'm going to put you in the movies. And I went, well, that was gone because he had just threw all of his money away and there was no more money in the sport. And I sold everything I own. I moved to California yeah. and uh, got my act together, cleaned out and boom, within probably, um, I don't know, two months, I got a job teaching for one of Chuck Norris's studios. There were happened to be a manager in, in the karate studio. Yeah. He's, he comes up to me. He goes, "Hey, I understand you're an actor looking for an agent." I said, "Yes, definitely. Yeah. I'm an actor looking for a representation." He goes, "Well, I'll sign you." And he sent me on my first two auditions. Never been in an acting class, and uh, I went into the auditions, and uh, I booked two lead villain roles in two movies. My first two auditions. Wow! And I was wow. like, "It was yeah." That's so what I, I said. mean, Holly, Hollywood's Hollywood sort of saved you in more ways than one. Then, really, Jerry, yes. didn't it? I guess. Yes, yeah. it did. A lot of people you speak to, and I imagine. You know, this is the case with a lot of people who go to Hollywood and try and make it is that, you know, they have the opposite experience that, that yes. you had in that, you know, they end up, I don't know, waiting tables for 20, 30 years, waiting for that, you know, that dream role to come about. And sometimes it just just doesn't happen. Exactly. Um, yeah. So can you, do, you, can, do you know why, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, do you think you were you were hot property? Because obviously, you know, you were the, the world kickboxing champ. Your face had already been on uh, telly. You had like you know the fastest kicks you had the reputation going for you already I'm, I'm wondering do you think that just helped you in getting those initial roles yeah it, it's funny because in, in in the beginning uh you know the acting wasn't the greatest because you know i hadn't taken any acting classes yeah. it was it, it was it was there were still some things i was dealing with you know within myself you know still battling the demons but you know i had them i you know i had them under control but um it was I went in, I did the dialogue, I did the reading. And then after that, they said, okay, let's see your martial arts skills. Once I did my martial arts skills, boom, that was it. it sure. was like, okay. I mean, I, yeah, I would like jump, spin, fly, bang and kick and punch. And, and it was, they were like, wow. wow. Okay. And then after that, that's. <laughs> so that's, that's the first, that's the master then, isn't it? That's the first, the Choi Hark, that's, Jet Li movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Choi Hark. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> were you auditioning for Choi Hart then? Was he in the room when you were when you were doing that? No, 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 he wasn't in the room. No, interesting. It was the, it was it was the producers in the room, and I guess what they did was they sent the uh, tapes to him. Yeah, and then uh, and then he came back into town, and uh, yeah, they called me called my agent. And they says yeah, he he booked it, and it was the it, yeah it was the lead. Wow. The acting wasn't the greatest, but you know the action was good. What were your experiences making that film then? Uh, it was, it was interesting. These, the, the stunt crew was pretty amazing. They were just balls out, crazy nuts. They yeah. would, 
Oh, they, I mean, there was no pain with these guys and yeah. the choreography was just, it was, it was fast. It was, and I learned so much from these guys. Yeah. It was, it was cause I was in a whole new field that I had never been into and I was just thrown in there. It's a baptism it, of fire that isn't it really, oh, <laughs> you know, you're working time. with the top Hong Kong fight choreographers and that's your yeah. first movie. <laughs> yeah. these. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. And the funny thing was I was doing two films at one time. I did, the masters that was my first film yeah. and i did breathing fire with yeah. bolo young i love that and, movie i just oh, about to say oh, i think that's you. a really underrated movie that one oh, really thank you thank you yeah but it, it, it was crazy because i was doing i do 12 hours straight on on the master then i'd wrap that and then i'd go straight to the other set and i'd do 12 hours on that wow. and then i'd go back to the master and it was to the point we did that three three consecutive times and I told my agent, I said, listen, man, I don't know how, how I said, this is rough. Yeah. And he, so he goes to the, he goes to the production team of both, both, uh, both films. And he says, listen, guys, you know, this, he's human. You know, you, yeah. you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you, cause they both agreed. They said, listen, okay, we, we both want him and we both will work out it. We will work our schedules out together so he can do both films at the same time. So I was doing both films at the same time. Wow. These were my, my first two films ever. I was like thrown into, it was crazy. <laughs> I was like, it, I learned so much. It yeah. was, it was, it was nuts. It was nuts. Were you? Um, we're talking about Jet Li. What was it like working with with him? Did you, did you get the sense that this was going to be a guy who he was already huge in in China and Hong Kong? But did you think you know he's a huge international star now? Do you think he was destined for that? Uh, you know, it's funny. I never heard of the guy. I was like, okay, yeah. cool. They said, they said he was massive in Asia and he was, you know, Chinese five year Chinese Kung Fu champion, Wing or Wu Chu. Yeah, yeah. Wu Chu champion. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. And it was funny because all the guys on set, all, the crew was on, on, on set were constantly betting. They're going, okay, hey, hey, guy, hey, Trimble, come on, man. Hey, we're, we're, we're placing bets here. Who would win a street fight between you and Jet Li? And I'm like, oh, guys, come on, stop it. But <laughs> Jet, from what I understand, that was his first time doing an American film in yeah. America. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it, you know, I, we, you know, he didn't speak any English at the time. Yeah. So it, the, you know, the only communication we really had was when we were actually doing a scene together. Sure. Uh, and the, uh, and it was, it was tit for tat. He'd hit me, and I'm like. He'd hit me again, and I'm like, okay, 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 okay. You know what? Uh, my turn. Yeah. And boom, and I'm, I'm, I nail him, and he's, and he's like, and he's looking at me, and I'm going, okay, listen, you know, I, I don't mind hitting. You want to hit? I'll hit. You know, it's we've gotten into a little bit of a hustle there. Yeah. But uh, he, you know what? That was, you know. Who knows what he was going through at the time? You know. Yeah, look, he probably was quite nervous that that was yeah. an American movie, and he didn't. He was on a set with in a language that he didn't understand. So exactly, yeah. yeah. So you know, and we and me, I was, you know, I was, I was still, I was an arrogant kid, you know, and yeah. but you know, I was still humbled by the fact that oh my God, I'm doing a movie with this guy, and from the, as as the movie went on, I learned more and more about him. But um, yeah, it was a great, it was a great experience. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting. experience experience too at the same time yeah 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 i can imagine working with working with yen Hua. yeah oh, yen Hua. you got a good I fight scene with um with yen Hua where he's you're kicking all the glass and he's uh, oh. standing on all of the uh the glass there <laughs> yen Hua, I, I have so much respect for that man he yeah. was such a gentleman he was a lovely man and, and and interesting one of the toughest guys i've ever worked with I did a scene where I had, I had thrown a kick. He had moved to the side, and then I had leaped off of the wall, 
and I threw a back a back fist that was so hard. Yeah. The back fist he wasn't far enough back, and I hit I hit him solid wow. with the back fist to the jaw. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh my god, Yenwa, I'm so sorry, I'm so. Oh, and, he, and he and everybody's like coming up to him. He stuck both fingers up like you know, like the number one. He goes like stop, and everybody just froze. And he stood there, and there was silence, and he just he shook it off. It was like a couple seconds, and then he's like, "Okay, it's okay, it's okay." <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, wow!" Oh, man. I said, "You're my hero, bro." Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. He was tough. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was really into work. Wow. What was Bolo <laughs> Young like? But yeah, Bolo's funny. Yeah, <laughs> he's a funny man. Yeah, super, super nice gentleman. Vicious and mean in his characters. Yes. But, just a nice, lovely, friendly. You wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's just. I love. Bo, it's Bo the Bo complete Bo. antithesis of the characters he plays as well, because he's he's known for obviously being, you know, the exactly. go-to bad guy, basically. Um, but that's interesting that he's a, yes that he's he's actually quite a gentle, nice person. That's, uh, yeah, that's he's, interesting. He's a gentle giant, just a wonderful human being. Yeah, yeah Bo yeah. great. Hey, so Dan, uh, if we win this tournament, you're gonna buy us a Porsche, right? Yeah, convertible red one. Come on, Dad, you can do it. What do you guys think? A made of money? Maybe I should just rob a bank. That doesn't sound like a bad idea. Yeah. You started getting more lead roles and working with Roger Corman and going into to those movies there. Did that, I mean, how did that sort of come about? How did you start <laughs> working in, in that environment and getting those lead I, roles? Yeah, I... Uh, uh, you know, I, at the time I was teaching, I was teaching private classes. I was teaching for uh, uh, some of the schools around the area in uh, in Los Angeles, and I, I I've got a, a picture of a sidekick that's st- vertical. It's, it's it's straight up in the air. Yeah. And I and so I put a, a flyer of uh, private one on one kickboxing martial arts classes, and I put it in a um, uh, in a grocery store, outside of a grocery store, <laughs> on Beverly Glen, and. One of the casting directors saw it, took it into one of the directors, and they had me come in for a Roger Corman film, Full Contact. Yeah. And I read, I read for the director Rick Jacobson, and uh, and I, I did it without doing any martial arts, which was cool. And I read, <laughs> and he's like, "Great!" And then they called me up two days later, and they said, "You booked the lead role," and that was my first lead role in a film. Yeah. And uh, and then after that, I I I don't know how I I must have maybe did eight films with Roger Corman. Sure, sure. And then I got I got tied up to do some Serio uh, Santiago movies in the Philippines yeah. and as the as the lead. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you must yeah. have thought, you know, this is this is quite easy. This Hollywood uh, thing, you sort of landed landed on your feet, really. <laughs> Well, see, you know what? It goes back to you know, it goes back to the to the routine of, of build it and they will come. Yeah. You put the energy out. If you keep working on it, you keep hoping, you keep visualizing, yeah. you keep dwelling on it. I'm telling you, doors start to open and people don't realize how much energy if you put the energy out, things will come back. And I you know, I just I kept thinking of action movies, action movies, and then after doing about four or five in the first four or five Roger Corman movies, I went I want to start doing acting movies. Yeah. So then that's when I started doing the acting classes. I started really putting the time in. And then 
that's when if when I did heat bang, yeah, that's, yeah. that's when that, it was like a plot point. That's yeah. when it, another, another quite, plot point in the movie. It's a big one on the CV that isn't it, Jerry? We should talk oh. about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was the straight audition. Then you heard that auditions were going up for for roles in in heat. Did you know that Al Pacino was attached to that stage? Did you what did you know about the the film? Yeah, see, that's a that's a funny story because I, I remember I was at Gold's Gym and a buddy of mine comes up and he goes, hey, hey, there's a there's a movie film with uh, De Niro Pacino. They're doing it here in L.A. You ought to go out for it. They're sure. doing they're they're hiring detectives. And I said, oh, OK. And he and he um, and I he said, call have your agent call. I said, OK. I, and at the time I had a good agent. I was with Gersey agency and they were a good agent. Yeah. So I called the agency. They said, yeah, OK, we'll put you up for it. Nothing happened. Uh, a week later, I see the guy again. He goes, did you call your agent? I said, yeah. He goes, dude, they're still casting. And he says, here's the number to the casting director. I said, okay. So I take the number and I go, and I lose the number. So uh, a week later comes by or, or two days later go by, goes by. And a buddy of mine says, hey, I just auditioned for this movie Heat. So I, this Heat, it keeps it keeps being thrown at me. And I'm like, oh, God. So then another, another couple of days later, I see the guy that reminded me of the movie. And he said, did you so what's up did you go out for it and i said no give me that number to the casting director so he gives me the number to the casting director bonnie timmerman i go home i call bonnie i said listen i understand you guys are casting for heat i'd like to you know is there any way i can get into the audition now this doesn't happen today where you call the casting director sure. and you get into it you get in there yeah. this was in the night this is like 90 94 i think yeah so she she said she said what agency are you with i tell her she says fax us your headshot and resume i do that Next thing you know, they call me the next day and they said, "Could you come in for an audition?" And it was it was it was about seven pages of dialogue. It was for one of the, one of the other roles. I guess they wanted to see if I could act. Yeah. And then I go in, I read for Bonnie Timmerman. Boom! I come back. She calls me four days later. The casting director calls me four days later and says, uh, "I sent her some flowers saying thank you so much for the opportunity." She calls me back. She says, Jerry, I want to thank you. This is Bonnie Timmerman. I want to thank you very much for the flowers and just tell you that you have a very nice role in this movie. I was, I got on my knees and I'm like, thank you, God. Yes. I was, I was blown away. And, uh, and then, so I got that on my own. My agent didn't, that my agent had nothing to do with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you want something you got to go after. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. I mean, what, so, I mean, this is quite a crazy leap from, you know the the Roger Corman stuff to then suddenly you're in you're you're surrounded by these A-listers you're working with Al Pacino I mean what you must have you must have been over the moon like what what was the what was it like just making that movie and generally being on set and uh, and all that a different different ball game I'd imagine uh, another baptism of fire it was yeah. tricky <laughs> I was uh, yeah it was um, I was I was in, I was extremely intimidated yeah uh you know, but I, I, I kept telling myself, you know what? You deserve to be here. I deserve yeah. to be here. I, I, you know, I'm here for a reason. And um, everyone was was great on set. Uh, you know, it was funny because Ted Levine had uh, my character was supposed to die in the in the rewrites in, in the the uh, the script version that we had uh, right off the bat, and then they changed it. Michael Mann rewrote it to where Ted Levine's character got shot, and my character lived. Yeah. And Ted, it wasn't after that he got popped an attitude with me. I'm like, oh, dude, that's what am I doing? Yeah. But it, it was great. And then at working with Al Pacino, Meaty now, and, and De Niro, you know, it's funny because on my I had a vision board, and on my vision board was working with Al Pacino and De Niro. Yeah. 
but no, I didn't expect to work with both of them in the same movie. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, wow, it was, wow. It, and it being an incredible those, experience. Yeah. And, and being so close to those guys and seeing how they worked, I'd imagine as well during that stage, if you were learning the acting craft as well yeah. yourself, that must have been, you must have got a few tips and pointers on how those guys worked. Yeah, out, watching Al Pacino, a lot of my, I, I met I met De Niro on the firing range and we talked for a bit um, and it was just him and I on the firing range. Great guy. So I didn't, I didn't, have too many scenes except for the big uh the big shootout yeah but watching out watching al pacino work oh my god it was it was it was brilliant because he would do so many takes he would do i mean we're talking 30 40 takes and he's like okay and the takes were all different wow he he would throw so many things in he's like okay michael let's do another one let's do another one and michael's like okay al and then once in a while al pacino would go okay guys we're gonna. Do, I'm gonna do a big Al here. Get ready. And Big Al would be, you know, his typical over the top Al Pacino, sure. like scent of a woman. And it was brilliant. It was just. It was like watching a master at work. And yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Incredible. It was. It was, it was incredible. It was incredible. That, he, he refers to themselves as a as a big Al. Then, so he's he's fully aware <laughs> that he does that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was funny. Okay, guys, we're gonna, I'm gonna do a big Al here. Yeah. Here we go. I'm like, okay, here it goes. Well, that's one of the best Pacino. I mean, that's just one of the best crime films that's made. I mean, that you must look at that and you know be, you know, you read that movie and be part of that is quite quite amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it was it was incredible. It was it was it was amazing. Then there's other roles that you've got even there. I'm just looking through your filmography now. There's Man in the Mm -hmm. Iron Mask. There's Charlie's Angels. Fight scenes in Charlie's Angels. I mean, you've Charlie, been in some big, yeah. some big stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, Charlie's Angels. That's, you know, it's funny because that was around when nine uh, eleven happened, and yeah. I at the time I was I was averaging two to three films a year. I was I was blessed. People were like, "Whoa, man!" People come out to California twenty five thirty years. They never do a film. And yeah, I, I I was doing two to three a year, and then nine eleven happened, and then for the first, it was like a year, two years. I, I didn't do anything and I was, I was beginning to freak out. And then a buddy of mine, Jesse Johnson said, listen, my uncles, Vic and Andy Armstrong, which are legends in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, stunt Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He, he said, listen, they're doing a film. They're doing a film. Charlie's angels, man. He goes, he says, give me your fight reel. I had my fight reel edited on DVD. He gave it to Vic and Andy. They watched it. They said, boom, you're hired. Yeah. So I, I worked six weeks on Charlie's angels. And then I went, Ooh, stunts. This is interesting. Mm. And and it pays really well. Yeah. And it's it's still part of the process. And then it reminded me back in when I was a kid of doing those little chopsaki video things that we yeah. did with my buddies. And I went and it was fun. Yeah. And I so, so then after that I started doing stunts. Mm. And uh, and I and it was funny because it was like, you know, Charlie's Angels, Mission Impossible Three, War of the Worlds. Yeah. Uh, all my stunt gigs. I was hired by Vic and Andy Armstrong, which are legends yeah. in the world of stunts. Yeah, I'd love to get Vic on one of these podcasts. That'd be oh, a great, um, oh, great to talk to him. Oh, Vic, Vic, Vic is those guys are they're just I love I the Armstrongs and the Johnsons yeah. are my fa- I consider my family number one. Then my in laws number two. Yeah. That's my I love those guys. Those guys have given me more work than anyone. Yeah. More consistent work and. You know, they believe in me. They know who I am. They know what I'm about. You know, I, you know, as you know, people say, oh, you're a stuntman. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I guess I am. 
you know, my forte is fighting. I don't yeah. pretend to drive cars. I don't pretend to fall off buildings. I'm a fighter, and I can fight better than any of them. Yeah, and that's what I do. And I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stunt guy that can de- deliver dialogue. Yeah, and that's important. So you know, then that's when they started bringing me in. <laughs> Very well, you've chosen to die. I mean, trees just on, just off the, the the back of you know working with particularly Tom Cruise because I know obviously War of oh. the Worlds, but then in Mission Impossible Three, you did you you had a fight scene with Tom Cruise? Is that is that yeah. right? Yeah, yes, it, it was just him and I. And I have to say, Tom Cruise, all you know, a lot of people say is a freak in the Scientology thing. Yeah. You know what? To each to, to each his own. But Tom Cruise was a gem to work with. Yeah. He, and he did his own stunts. He yeah. did all the fight. He did all the fight scene. Yeah. And uh, and he, yeah, the guy. You're saying yeah. that as if that's a rare. That's a rare thing. Then is it that, that someone uh, would would do the, an entire fight scene? Yeah, I mean, because I, you know, see, a lot of stars. You know, the, the, there are a few out there that actually do their own stuff, and Tom Cruise is one of them. He yeah. actually does it, and he's he's very proficient at it. Um, yeah. So, and it, and yeah, it was just it was two weeks with uh, just Tom and I. And um, wow, he was just—he was brilliant to work with. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, very, was, very professional and uh, he, personable. He personable. was very personable. Yeah. yeah, just fun. He was—he yeah, was a cool guy. Yeah. And the and the, and the cool thing was, he, he didn't have to do this. You know, we were talking about my history of films, and he said, "Oh my God!" He when we talked about Heat, he says, "You were in Heat," and I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Hey, hey, JJ," and he pulls JJ Abrams over to tell JJ Abrams, "Hey, man, this guy was in Heat." <laughs> You know, but the, right when he did, he said, hey, JJ, come here, man. He said, you know, this guy was in right as he said, he one of the crew came up to interrupt the whole conversation and pulled JJ away. And I went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh OK. But yeah. and t- he didn't have to do that. You know, no. he was he was just a good guy. He's a yeah. great guy to work. with. Yeah. And um, you can see with some of the, the movie choices, he loves that stuff, doesn't he? He loves the action s- yes. stuff through Mission yeah. Impossible. Jack Reacher, like all those movies have some element of real good physical uh, fight choreography. It, yeah. You can tell he, that's his bag, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 He, he, yeah. And when I was talking to him, I said, you know, I said, so, wow. I said, you're, you're actually pretty good. He goes, he says, I love this stuff. He goes, I yeah. love doing what you guys do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He was a big fan. Yeah. yeah. When you're on a movie set, I mean, do you feel, I mean, how safe are you? I mean, is it, it you, you know, do you feel quite sort of secure? You've not done any injuries or anything like that, making movies, doing stunts? No, no. Right. the The only thing the only thing that ha- ever happened was the one with Yen Wah, and sure. that smacked to his jaw. That was it. But yeah. the, the but I I attribute the control that I have by doing point fighting yeah. because it's all controlled. You you have to control yourself. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I never worry about control. I I've got perfect control. Yeah. And it's funny we, when we were working on Charlie's Angels, we did the fight scene, and then there's a point where Drew Barrymore and I face off, and I go in and I throw a right cross punch. And I, I, it, it was so close that it barely touched her nose. Right. She pulls back and freaks out and goes, oh, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I'm like, and everybody, they say, cut. And I'm like, what? What happened? <laughs> I'm like, what? And everybody's looking at me going, dude, you're fired. And I'm like, oh, what happened? She sits down. Everybody's surrounding her. I'm standing way back thinking, okay, I just got fired from this job. Right. She, she, she looks and realizes she's fine. I just, I touched her so closely that it freaked her out, but it was such great control. Yeah. And it was, it was a straight on, it was a straight on punch, but 
Yeah, but no, the control I have, you know, I mean, I'm I'm very confident with my control. I, yeah. you know, and it, you know, I attribute it to the uh, to the Taekwondo training and mm. to the point karate uh, tournaments. Yeah, would would, uh, would someone be fired for something like that? Or if the lead, if the lead actor did, you know, kick off and wasn't happy about it, could could stunt guys, could people be fired for for something like that? Uh, uh, for one one time, I I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't know. I I, I know that there are. There are stunt guys that have been fired, but I don't. I I don't know if I've ever been fi- being yeah, fired for yeah. lack of control. Yeah, you know? it's just part yeah. of the the danger, I guess. If the lead actor is going to do their own stunts, then that's comes with part and parcel of it, isn't it? You know, there's always yeah. that risk. Yeah, it's the nature of the beast, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> when did you move to Vancouver? Then when did that happen? It got really slow in California. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the business got slow. My. my um, uh, my mother-in-law and her friend, um, she they they, just, they said, "Listen, you guys, there's a lot of work moving up to Vancouver. Yeah. You guys should, you know, work on moving up there and getting your permanent residence card." Yeah. So uh, we hired we hired an attorney, uh, started working on it. It took us three years to get it, and uh, we've been up here now for six years. Yeah. And it's it's been great. It's been a yeah. It's been a, it was a smart smart move. And and uh, so it was as much a move. For, for for work as well as it was just for the lifestyle as well so it was it was sort of best oh yeah best of both it, yeah. it, it, it was all for the work yeah it was all for the work but yeah. now it's become that we love it up here so much that, that um, you know we're now we're thinking of buying a place but we, you know we, we're gonna have we'll have dual we're gonna apply for a citizenship this year we'll have dual citizenships yeah. and um we still have our place in la so we're able to go back and forth yeah uh, which is great but but right now there's lots of work up here yeah lots cool. of work and a lot in in television, you say, is that where um, um, the majority of the work has has sort of gone to? Is that is that right? There, there's a lot of t- the other, there's a lot of TV shows up here. There's a lot of superhero shows that are coming yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and you know, it's like I did I did Flash. I did uh, I Zombie. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, Hallmark movies, Lifetime movies. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's you know, it's uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. So. Have we got another Jerry Trimble martial arts movie coming up? <laughs> Is that going to happen? <laughs> uh, you, you, yeah, uh, the, yeah. There's. I, I'm talking. I, I was in L.A. talking to Jesse Johnson, and he's working on a film right now, putting it together. And you know, it, it's. You know, he said there's some action in it. I don't know if you're still into doing the action. I said, dude, I, I'd love. My dream roles to me right now are where I get to act and fight. Yeah. Yes. If I can, if I can deliver dialogue and fight. Yes. Do you still train then? Do you still like, you know, work yes. out and look after? Yeah. 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 I still, I still kick boxing. You know, I, uh, you know, I kickboxing weights, you know, strength training. Uh, you got to keep the body in shape. Got to keep working on the self. Yeah. Which is what I try to do consistently. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Healthy body, healthy mind. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's, it's it's the age is just a it's just a number man it's just a number you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> cool um well jerry this whatever whatever you um choose next we look forward to it particularly if there's a breathing fire remake happening maybe or something or <laughs> <laughs> that'd be good i don't know about that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um cool okay listen thank you so much for for talking to me that's uh that's that's really great thank you so much ben cool yes yeah. you have a good day Good to talk right, to brother. you. Thanks, man. Okay. You too, buddy. Bye-bye. Wow, wow, wow. How good was that? Jerry Trimble. Jerry Golden Boy Trimble. Um, I don't think he refers to himself as Golden Boy anymore. 
uh, at least I couldn't find that anywhere on the internet. Um, but uh, there we go. Uh, very interesting, inspiring, insightful conversation there with Jerry. Uh, and I appreciate his time and taking the time out to, to talk to me there. That was uh, much appreciated. And I do do hope you enjoy you enjoyed that. Jerry Trimble is on Twitter at Jerry Trimble. And you can find out more about Jerry by going online to his website, which is just simply jerrytrimble.com. Thanks to George Dennis for his technical support, as always, with this podcast. Okay, I will be back in two weeks' time for the very last episode in this series of the Kung Fu Movie Guy podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.